Hello, and welcome to the Brain Mastery Podcast, brought to you by ABI Wellness. This series features renowned experts on brain injury, brain health, and rehabilitation. Be sure to visit abiwellness.com for more resources. All right, welcome back to the Brain Mastery Podcast. Today's episode is going to be a lot of fun. We have got Dr. Crystal Culler with us today. And Crystal is a medical doctor. She's the founder of the Virtual Brain Health Center in kind of the greater Pittsburgh area. She is uh, passionate about rehabilitation, passionate about brain health. And something that I really kind of admire about her is she's really focused on increasing accessibility through leveraging, you know, virtual technology. And I think that's, that's a really, I mean, it's been really huge through these COVID-19 times. And we look forward to kind of digging into it a little bit more with Crystal here today. Crystal, thanks for being with us. Thank you so much for the opportunity to have a chat around brain health and to be a part of your community. Yeah, it's awesome. Well, we're happy to have you here. So, you know, for those people that are listening, you know, typically these are kind of medical doctors. These are people that may have stuff suffered a brain injury. Uh, these can be just curious minds who are really interested in innovation and changing and improving the status quo. You know, given all of your kind of experience, not just as a clinician, but also as really as, as you say, a scientific communicator, what would your main message be for people that are listening here in the world of brain health, this complex, confusing world of brain health? What's the main message that, that some people could take home? I'm so glad you asked that question. My main message when I have an opportunity to chat with people is that brain health is for everyone. It's not expensive. The field has really shifted that it's no longer linked to a diagnosis or exclusion of people that have had any type of diagnosis, whether it's acute, chronic, or anything ongoing related to the brain or health condition. So we've moved away really from the medical model of saying, if you've had disease states or trauma to the brain, that you can't be brain healthy. Brain health really is for everyone. It involves our personal choices and it's 90% lifestyle and 10% genetics. So there's many things that we can do throughout our lives to help maintain a healthy brain. And I hope that that is something your community can take away that it's for all of us. It's not linked to age and it's something we get to do and work on every single day. I love that message, you know, uh, for everyone, you know, really listen up and take that message in. You know, I can remember some people even, you know, that were close to me saying, ah, you know, I'm pretty old. You know, I never really walked too much as uh, when I was younger, I wasn't very athletic, you know, might be a little bit too late for me. And, you know, I always come back to, well, it's never too late, you know, and, and walking, you know, is extremely good for the brain uh, on an, in an active way. And so as you think about that, I mean, we haven't really gotten into it, but maybe talk a little bit more about some of the examples in your work and in your research that you've seen that are really helped to show evidence of that mindset of, of that uh, belief. Yeah, I appreciate you asking that. And it leads to, we really don't have one universal definition of what brain health is, which is what I think has led to some of that 
confusion of what are these factors? What are the tangible things that we can do? But broadly, if we're thinking about what is good for our brain or our bodies, it's brain health is thinking, feeling, and doing. So how can we optimize our brains to thrive at any age? So if you can leave with making one decision that's better for your brain and body every day. So thinking about like what you said, what has good evidence, it's exercise. And it's exercise for the body and the mind, which is going to be individualized because we all have different preferences. Our baseline for mental and physical stimulation is a little different. But even just five minutes of movement a day shows good health benefits. And the global definition is really 150 minutes of aerobic exercise, something that gets the heart rate up a little bit a week, but break that down and then aim to stimulate the mind in the same way. So make a brain fitness routine and sleep well. Prioritize your sleep to help with the performance for your brain and body. Nourish to flourish and keep hydrated are some great simple ones that we can fold in to make brain health attainable. That's wonderful. And maybe for for the individuals out there that, that might be listening to this message, it can be kind of intimidating sometimes. Well, here are the doctors saying I can do this, right? But maybe is there a story of an individual that you worked with and you served that really helped to show the impact of getting more of a brain health active lifestyle? Yeah, I've worked with quite a few different people and it's Once you find out the different facets of what's all under this brain health umbrella, I admit it is overwhelming, but you can find one area of your life and slowly start to work on it. So if it's nutrition, you just start eating a little better. And I have found people take that up and they come back and say, I've made improvements there. Now what's next? Then they might pick sleep or it's physical movement or picking a new social group to get involved in and work on that social component of their life. So it's making smart choices, things that are attainable to them in one area, making that become a habit and just part of their active lifestyle. And then coming back and saying, that is solid for me now. And this is the next area I want to choose. And so having choice in what's most important to them in that moment, making those goals attainable, achieving them. Now it's their day-to-day life and then selecting that next area. And I've seen people really make some great strides. And plus, it's, it's now their day-to-day and they have the uplifts and it's that motivation to just keep moving to the next thing. And I even had one that was doing more meditation than our meditation instructors because they found it was just such a powerful tool for them. Right. No, I love that. And because it can be a little bit overwhelming. You know, if, if you're home, you know, you're, you're listening to this and you're saying, okay, so one doctor says I need to go do counseling. The other doctor says I need to start walking more. The other doctor says I need to do physical therapy, you know, and I only have so much time, you know, how, what do I choose and how do I sequence them? Right. It is, it can be a lot for people. And we work in that space where we help provide the education and decision-making to empower people to optimize their brain wellness into actionable steps that they can do in the today, in the now. And it is a little disjointed from the information that we get in and having to translate that ourselves and to what we can do. And that's really that space that we work in to support people and 
it is attainable um, when we make small incremental changes that we can manage. And I've seen many people thrive. And for us, I think that's the goal of small steps lead to those long lasting habits. You know, it's a real theme in talking with so many brilliant people on this podcast. It's a real theme is these small steps, right? And there's a popular book out there that many are, are reading and have been reading called Atomic Habits that really talks to that, you know, that small step change those habits, right? So I, I love that message. If there was one thing in the world of brain health that you could change and or improve, you know, what would that be? If there was just one thing that you wanted to see change? It would be to make brain health part of the conversation for everyone. And what I mean that is it's just not part of a disease state conversation or a healthcare need when it arises conversation. It's just part of our health and our well-being conversation at any age. That if it's a concern, it's not necessarily linked to that. It's just I want to know how to keep my brain healthy, just like we are having the messaging of staying phys- physical activity is great for people of all ages, that we start to really shift that mental fitness in our brain health is just as important for everyone at all age. And we have that wellness education and awareness for all ages. And we're really separating it out from that disease state. And I'm starting to see that early shift in the field, but I get really excited about knowing that we can just walk in and talk about it to not just our healthcare providers, but other people of, you know, what are you doing? And we know that's how health and fitness works. It rubs off on those around us and our communities. And that gets me excited because all of us will benefit from those types of conversations happening. I want to see that change too. And I think we are through through work, work like yours is really making that happen. So thank you for doing what you do, because we have to really get the megaphone out and spread this message because it is possible. And you know what? It requires some effort, <laughs> but it's possible if you, with effort and focus. You can make these changes happen in your life. And, you know, I've seen it time and time and time again. And I know that you have as well. And. If you need some inspiration, you don't know where to start, rewind that again, what Crystal just said there, because it's possible for you. And it just starts with one step. It is. And I like to put the other just little tidbit in there. It's Mm. not expensive. You know, it's low cost. It's things that we can just do in our day-to-day lives. But when we get the messaging out there in a way that's targeted and accessible for everyone, what a change that can be and how could we all benefit? So that's my megaphone and I'll, I'll be quiet now on that. <laughs> you get a mic drop. Yeah, no, that, that's, that's, that's a great message and definitely needs to be heard more. You are very well read. You're a researcher. Uh, you seem to have your hands in many different things. Uh, if you think if, about maybe one or two books that have really influenced you in, in your career and or papers, what would those be? If there was just one or two, I admit I had a tough time picking the top ones, um, <laughs> but I, I made sure I pulled two. Um, I really enjoyed reading the telomere effect, um, mm. mainly because it was looking into that Nobel Prize winning work by the authors, but realizing the role of epigenetics and how that can change by our lifestyle. And so it's that 
bridge of the way that we're living our lives, how that changes down to the genetic level, not only for aging, but our brain health and our overall well-being. And so I think that's a great read. Of course, it was Nobel Prize winning work. And you'll you'll hear the authors, um, Dr. Elizabeth Blackburn and Eliza Appel, felt doing many great TED Talks, um, talks on YouTube, but um, great research to read and follow. And Dr. Sanjay Gupta put out a book earlier this year on brain health. Um, mm. It's a research from the Global Council on Brain Health with AARP and Age UK, which is just a nice summary because they pull experts of 20 to 40 people on each topic from nutrition to sleep to cognitive engagement. So you get all the brightest minds across the world weighing in on the latest research each time they take up a topic. And so I think it's just a nice way to stay accessible and you don't have to necessarily read all the research papers, but you're going to get the best recommendations. And it's, it's a nice that. read to, to get the summaries and stay current on the field. Oh, for sure. Yeah, no. And uh, definitely the links will be in the show notes. Thank you for sharing those. Um, those are two new books for our, our recommended reading list. So <laughs> that's oh, very good. Yeah, we've had a lot of repeat books, which is great. Um, but those are both unique. And that's very, very exciting. And makes me wonder, do you know of, and I'm sure you do, I've heard a little bit about the work of Dr. David Sinclair and some of his, uh, his work in, in the aging, aging brain and healthy aging makes me think, uh, you know, about, about some of his work as well. So I'm looking forward to reading those. And I've read Atomic Habits as well. So that's oh, a so great, good. great reading list. It's coming so together. Simple. So simple, right? Uh, you know, I, I think we know that any of us who've trained for things and seen actual change happen, it really is just about building in that consistency. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's wonderful to see. And, and getting clear on where it is we may want to go, right? Uh, it can, it's, it's hard to hit a target if we don't know where we're aiming. So when we, we think about the future, you know, of if, if, if we gave you crystal, the crystal ball, and you could shape the world of, of brain health in the way that you want it, so you could just, your vision would be the way that it is, what would that future look like? You know, I see brain health programs, education, and services accessible to everyone across yeah. all ages. And it's not necessarily something you have to kind of dig around to, to find and even try to understand what brain health is. People would know that definition or when you just hear brain health, people are saying, oh, here's what I'm doing and they can rattle off a list. And so I get excited about what that can look like and unfold. And it's not necessarily related to medical-based services or anything of that nature. It's just, we know what we can do for our brains and we have more control over that. And we are actively doing that in our families, in our communities, in our friend circles, in our social connections. And I don't think we're very far off from getting there. I think it's going to be great work. We have many passionate people dedicated in that field. It's just shaping those services. And tailoring that messaging for our communities. But it gets me really excited that I will hopefully see this for my generation of my nieces and nephews and, and my children, that it will be just their norm of having this conversation and talking about it. Love it. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Let's get you that crystal ball. <laughs> uh, I think you're already doing it right through your work. So it's, it's wonderful to see, you know, for people that are out there 
and they want to support you, they want to learn more about your work, how do they get a hold of you? You know, how do they, they, they want to, they want to engage in, in some of the brain health activities that, that you have and programs that you might offer. How do people get a hold of you? Yeah, so our virtual brain health center is essentially a one-stop shop for understanding brain health and what you can do for your personal brain care. So we are at virtualbrainhealthcenter.com. And they can contact us there. And all of our social handles are all right there and easy little clicks. That's perfect. And we'll make sure that that's available in the show notes uh, for us to just easily click on. I had another question, though. I hope it's okay. I want to ask, I want to ask you one more because I'm, I'm really curious about this question. In your career, because you're clearly so passionate about this and you've done a lot in your career and you're going to continue to, what motivates you? Yeah, I think for me, it's been the personal and the professional. It was in graduate school, I had an isolated seizure and now mm. I live with chronic migraines and new daily persistent headaches. And so it led me from working in the aging space over to the brain health space. And so I trained in gerontology, sociology, and behavioral health. And it was my own part of having to navigate our healthcare systems and thinking of working from individuals with developmental disabilities, TBI, mild cognitive impairment, and dementia, that our systems and our programs and our services have to be better not only for myself, but those I serve in the communities I work with. And brain health is luckily that broad umbrella that everyone falls under. And it's not only something I have to um, manage on my day-to-day, but it's for many of the people in my family, the, the communities I serve. And I know that there's ways we can do it better. And so making a contribution to those fields and from the privilege that I had through my education and training, It was my own experience that had me make that shift, but now it's to put that knowledge into work. And I get excited with the people that I have the privilege of working with and training from and and those I serve and having that small impact that can just grow. Love it. Wow. Okay. That is very inspirational. And, uh, you know, just, I really want to acknowledge you for your work and your commitment to those that you serve. You know, service is something that really comes up that... You know, you've been fortunate to obviously have some great mentors that have helped you and, you know, your curiosity and your commitment to finding solutions is inspiring. And that's what, you know, led us together here uh, on this is is that mutual interest in improving the standard of care and outcomes. And really what I love, a theme that I really um, extracted from this was accessibility as well. You know, trying to help people to understand that to live a more brain healthy lifestyle, it's accessible to everyone and it will look, it may look different for some, but that's okay. So just thank you so, so much. And um, I really appreciate you. Yes. Thank you so much for the chat and the opportunity to share more about brain health with your community. I'm so glad we got connected and I look forward to supporting your community moving forward as well. hundred percent. Thank you so much for listening to the Brain Mastery Podcast brought to you by ABI Wellness. Be sure to follow us on social media channels at ABI Wellness.
statements made regarding the BEARS platform and ABI Wellness have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. The efficacy of the BEARS platform has not been confirmed by FDA-approved research. The BEARS platform is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. All information presented here is not meant as a substitute for or alternative to information from healthcare practitioners. Please consult your healthcare professional about potential interactions or other possible complications before using any product. The Federal Food, Drug, and Cosmetic Act requires this notice.